look forward to that day. Say amen. Me too, me too, me too. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, and then also find Revelation chapter 19. 2 Peter 3, and Revelation 19. So I'll stand together if you would. As we read the Word of God together, if your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow them to look on with you, if you would, please. 2 Peter chapter, chapter 3, look with me in verses 3 and 4. It says, Knowing this first, that there, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. We're living in those days today. Where is the promise of His coming? Look with me down, if you would, in verse, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now look with me at uh, Revelation chapter 19 and verses 11 through 16. This is, this is what's going to happen after the tribulation period when the Lord Jesus Christ comes down with His armies to the battle of Armageddon. And it says in, in verse 11, And I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful, and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which, which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty god and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords so let's bow our heads for prayer father we're looking forward to that day when we will see you face to face, we look forward, we look forward to the rapture of the saints, the rapture of the church, when uh, we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with you in the clouds and we'll be with you forever. Then seven years later, you'll come back and you'll come back on this white horse. And uh, Lord, you'll come back because you said your name is faithful and your name is true. We ask, Father, that you would bless this time in your word. May we just be reminded tonight of how good a God we serve. Sometimes, Father, we, f we forget about you. We get so wrapped up in our own troubles, and we get so wrapped up in our, in our own schemes and schedules that we just forget about just sitting and meditating for a while on, on the God whom we serve. And, uh, Lord, tonight I pray that you would, you would help us to uh, understand and appreciate just a little bit more how good you are because of who you are. 
And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do in our own hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Over in 2 Peter, they were, they, they were and they are today saying, where is the promise of His coming? Uh, I got saved in 1969. I heard that Jesus was coming back. Now it's 2020, and I'm still hearing that Jesus is coming back. You say, well, doesn't, that, doesn't that get you discouraged? No, not a bit. And the reason why it doesn't discourage me is because the Bible says that we have a God who is faithful and true. When He comes back down on a white horse with His armies behind Him heading for the, for the battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation period just before the millennium is set up, uh, he, when He comes down, it says that He's called, He's known as faithful and true, and in righteousness He doth judge and make war. Um, the reason why we can believe that Jesus Christ is coming back is because Jesus Christ is faithful. We've got a faithful God. And we need, we need to reflect on that and meditate on that often. God has been faithful. You know, we, we talked a little bit this morning uh, about, and we looked at the importance of faith when it came to running the race that God has set before us. But, uh, you know, you're not going to have much faith in a God if you're not convinced, if you're not absolutely positive that He is a faithful God. And He is a faithful God. Uh, faithful simply just means uh, to be steadfast in affection or allegiance. You think about it, uh, God is steadfast in His affection and His allegiance toward you if you're a child of God. He has stayed true to you. He has never turned his back on you. He's never, ne never left you nor forsaken you. He's, uh, faithful means to be firm in adherence and in, 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 in adherence to, uh, to promises. In other words, when he says he's going to do something, he makes sure that it comes to pass. Uh, faithful means to be loyal, constant, resolute, all those things. Are, are attributes of our God because our God is faithful. What I want to do tonight is just look quickly at, at four ways, four areas that God has proven Himself to be faithful. First one, look with me over in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews 11, I want you to look with me in... Verse 11, Hebrews 11, 11. Hebrews 11, 11 says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised God is faithful in the area of promises. Sarah judged God faithful because he promised that she would have a child. Now, she, she was past the, the age of childbearing. Uh, her, her husband was old and was past the point of being able to have children. And, and yet God promised that they would have a child, and God was faithful. God told Abraham that an entire nation would come forth uh, from Sarah. And it looked like as they got older and older and older that that was not going to come to pass. However, Abraham and Sarah 
knew. Now, they struggled. You know, you, you, you go back to Genesis and Genesis chapter 12, and you find out that, that uh, and even before that, you find that, that they, they, had some, they had some difficulties. They struggled with the thing, even though God had promised. Aren't you glad that uh, even though you struggle, if God makes a promise, he comes through with it? You know, his, his fulfilling of promises is not based on you. His fulfilling of promises is based on him and on the fact that, that he is faithful. And uh, in Hebrews 11, we, we took a little, little glance at it this morning, to referenced it anyway. Uh, we were in Hebrews 12, but we look back to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 not only defines faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but it, but it also uh, gives, uh, gives example after example after example of people that had faith in God. And we sometimes make a big deal out of the fact, and rightfully so, that those people trusted God, they had faith in God, they believed God. But you know that would all be for naught if God was not faithful. Uh, can you imagine having faith in, in a God who failed? Uh, you, you have faith in God that made a promise, and then the promise never came true. I get a kick out of these news organizations, you know, and, and radio talk shows. They say, well, so-and-so is in 98.95 right. Uh, percent right in in all of their in all of their uh, speaking and so forth. Uh, you know what? Uh, they, that's coming. That's still falling short. Uh, that means there's a, a couple of percentage points there. You can't trust the guy. Can I tell you something? Our God is never any less than a hundred percent true. He's a hundred percent true. And if he says something, you can believe it. You can trust it. Uh, in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 displays God's faithfulness. Now, yes, it, is, it gives account and account and account, account after account of people who trusted God and believed God and had faith in God. But again, uh, it shows that he was faithful to them when they believed him. You know, why, why did Noah believe that a flood was coming? He'd never even seen rain before. There was no rain before the flood. There was simply a mist that came up from the earth and watered the earth. Why, why did he believe that a flood was coming? Because God promised, and God's faithful. Uh, why, did, why did Abraham uh, journey by faith and, and go to an area where he'd never been before, uh, God didn't tell him how long he was going to be gone, did not tell him, uh, you know, exactly where the destination was. He said, just pick up your tent pegs. Come on, we're traveling. And so he did. And he did that because he knew that God was faithful. You know, why did Moses uh, forsake Egypt and face Pharaoh and, and uh, end up... Uh, you know, having disdain uh, look, looked upon with disdain, he and the nation of Israel, they were willing to do all of that because they believed God. They couldn't have believed God, however, if God had not been faithful. And they, 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 uh, uh, they forsook Egypt because they knew that God had promised the deliverance of the nation of Israel and God was faithful. Uh, were you, have you ever been promised something by someone and never got it? Let me ask you this. Have you ever promised something to someone else 
and never came through. You ever failed in that area? I think we all have at one time or another. And yet we've got a God who never fails. If he promises something, it will come true. It will come to pass. God, God never lets us down. You think about some of the, some of the promises that God has gotten his word. And there's, there's literally, and I, I say this without exaggeration at all, there are thousands of promises in this book that you and I can claim, and we can claim them because we have a faithful God. The Bible says uh, uh, that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That means from the day you got saved until today and until you someday see the Lord in heaven, uh, he, he will never leave you. He will never turn his back on you. You know, Jesus was on the cross and he said, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, he, he forsook him because he became sin. He was taking the, the price of our sin on the cross and, and he was paying for our sin. And the father, you know, forsook Jesus Christ. But the, the Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you because he's faithful. Uh, the scripture says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And that, that's a promise to those that are faithful with the things that God has given to them. Then it's in the book of Philippians, Philippians 4. In turn, he'll make sure if you take care of others' needs and if you are faithful with what God has given to you, God will be faithful and he'll take care of you and he'll make sure that your needs are met. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. I'll tell you what, as a parent, that's a, that's a blessing to know that what you say and how you train your kids and how you lead, guide, and direct them will not be for naught. Now, I don't believe that that's a promise that they'll turn out right in every single area. They still have a free will. But, but when it comes to character, if you train your child to have character, then God promises, he says, when he is old, he'll not depart from it. And you, you think about, about in fact, I, 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 I'm thinking right now of a, of a family where one of the, the three siblings is serving God, the other two are not. They had godly parents. Uh, they're, 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 the, the other two are, as, as far as I know, are not serving, serving God wholeheartedly, uh, if at all. And yet, the character that mom and dad put into them is still true in their lives today. They're just not using it for the right reasons. But it's, it's good to know when, you know when you're a parent that God makes a, a promise to us that if we train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he'll not depart from it. The uh, Bible says, uh, uh, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, Jesus said this, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. The Bible says if, if uh, and it, that's not, if you look at the reference there, that's not just talking about money. It's not just talking about physical things. He, sa he says, listen, it, whatever you give out, it'll come back to you. 
And that's a promise of God. Uh, God promised this. He said, if, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You realize what that says? That says if you, you ask something, and you ask something according to his will, he not only hears you, but you've as good as got it already. Do we really pray with that kind of confidence? Do we really pray with that kind of assurance? Because God said, listen, because I'm faithful, if you pray something and it's according to my will, you've as good as got it even before I deliver it to you. Bible says, uh, and I love this one. I, I found this one early in my Christian life. Every time I read it, I get excited. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. The emphasis there is delighting ourselves in God. But if we delight ourselves in God, God is faithful, and he will make sure that we get the desires of our heart. Uh, over in the book of Romans, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. Boy, aren't you glad that when you did that, when you, if, you, if you're here this, 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 this evening and you're saved, it, that, that you cried out to God, he heard you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no exceptions to that. If you call upon him, ask him to save you and believe on Jesus Christ, he'll save your soul. That's always true. And, and, you know, when, when we go on out and witness and we tell other people about how they can know for sure that they can have eternal life and they can know for sure that their sins are forgiven, isn't it good you know, to know that there are absolutely never, ever any misfires? No misfires. Somebody trusts Christ. To say, and, you know, our, our, our oldest son, Joel, was six years old when he got saved. And, and I, you know, we, we were very, 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 very careful with our kids dealing with them about, about salvation. And uh, because they were raised in a Christian home, we didn't want them to just go through the motions or because it was, it was cool to be saved, you know, type of thing. Uh, sometimes th th there's positive peer pressure, not just negative peer pressure. And uh, uh, I remember the night we knelt down by his bed and he asked the Lord to, to save him. And I took him back to Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. And I said, now if you were to die today, I absolutely positive that you go to heaven. He says, yes, sir. And I says, how do you know that? He says, because I asked the Lord to save me and I, I believed on him and I believe he did it. Listen, folks, we couldn't, we couldn't do, that would all be for naught if we did not have a faithful God, a God that we could trust. He is faithful. He's, he's not, not only faithful in his promises, but he's also faithful in preservation. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And 1 Corinthians 1. I want you to look with me down in verses 4 through 9. 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9 says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even in the testimony of Christ, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ 
who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Back in verse 8, he says, who shall also confirm you unto the end. That means when you get saved, you're not just saved uh, as long as you do right. You're saved for, right to the end of your life and to the end of eternity. And of course, eternity never ends. And the reason why that you're secure in Christ and you're preserved in Jesus Christ is because God is faithful. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5, look down at verses 23 and 24. 23 and 24. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. He's speaking to save people. And he says, And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you are washed by the blood of the Lamb. You are made clean in Christ the day you got saved. And that, that, that cleanliness remains and is preserved until you see the Lord face to face. Verse 24, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. He saves you and he preserves you unto the end. Go to Philippians chapter, back up a little bit. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he is faithful to preserve us blameless. My faith is what gets me saved. It's it, 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 because I believe on Jesus Christ, God saves me, but it's his faithfulness that keeps me saved. Uh, there's, there's a lot of folks that say, well, you know, a once saved, always saved is, is not is not a Bible doctrine because you could do wrong and you could do this and you can do that. Listen, I'll guarantee you you're going to mess up. <laughs> it's not a you could, you will. But you see, once you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, it's, it's, you trust him by faith. And then because of his faithfulness, he keeps you from that point until for all eternity. Man, what a blessing that is. It's, it's good to know that we're, we're saved because of him. We've got, a, we've got a song in our songbook. It's called the, the Old Account Was Settled Long Ago. And it says, When at the judgment bar I stand before my king, and he the book will open and cannot find a thing. That means there's no sin to my account. Why is that? Is it anything that I've done? Absolutely not. Has nothing to do with baptism, has nothing to do with church membership, has nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. In fact, the, the Bible says our, the law was our schoolmaster to, to bring us to Christ. The law showed us that we couldn't do right. And that we couldn't, we couldn't, we can't, not only can we not save ourselves, we cannot preserve ourselves. And God, because he is faithful, does that. 
Uh, the Bible says in John 10, Jesus was speaking. He's talking about the shepherd and the sheep. And he says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Not only can, can no other man take us out of the Father's hand, but we're, we're flesh ourselves. We can't even take ourselves out of the Father's hand because God is faithful to preserve us. If, if, uh, if you weren't secure, you, we couldn't sing the song, and I love the song that's in our songbook, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, Oh, What a Foretaste of Glory Divine. Uh, it, it talks about the fact that we can have assurance of sins forgiven. We can have assurance of going to heaven, and that's all because of Jesus Christ. If, 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 if God was not faithful, if you couldn't have that blessed assurance, you'd have to sing, hopeful presumption, he must be mine. Uh, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't cut it, does it? Uh, we're, we don't hopefully presume we have blessed assurance, but we have that assurance because it's our God who is faithful. Here's another thing that he preserves. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 12. And we could look at a lot of different things tonight, but because he is faithful, he's a God of preservation. In Psalm 12, down in verses 6 and 7, these, these two verses are especially dear to my heart because they were the verses that really pushed me over on the, on the issue of the King James Bible being the Word of God. But verses 6 and 7 says this, "...the words of the Lord are pure words." As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Uh, God said, listen, I'm not only going to give you my word, but I'm going to preserve my word. Now, if you really think about it, if he gave the word but didn't preserve the word, then you wouldn't have it today. Uh, it, would have, it would have been lost over the ages. It, it was not lost, and it was kept, and it was preserved, and we have it today in our King James Bible. Why is that? Because God is faithful. If you, if you, say, if you say, listen, uh, everything stands and falls uh, on what we believe based upon the Word of God, and then you say, but we don't have it, Word for word as God would have us to have it today. You know, what you're, you know what you're saying? You're not only saying that we don't have a book, but you're also saying we don't have a faithful God. And, and I really believe uh, one of the reasons why I believe I have the preserved word of God today in the English language is because I've got a God who is faithful. And he said, he said, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Listen, it, it, there's some folks that say, well, he has, he's preserved them. He's preserved them in heaven. Well, a lot of good that does for us down here. Uh, the truth of the matter is, he's preserved them today. He's kept them. He's preserved them. And he's a God of preservation because he's faithful. Look with me at, at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's a, an, another area that we can trust God in. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's the area of protection. 
we have a God that, that makes promises, that preserves, but he also protects. <clears throat> and he protects because he's faithful. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, look down, if you would, in verse 13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, what you go through is not special. It's not uh, something that nobody else has gone through before. Many have gone through the same kind of things that you've gone through. It says, But such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Uh, that, th those verses tell us that, that God protects us and God watches over us. He'll, he'll never give us too much. He'll, he'll make sure that what he gives us that we can handle. Now, sometimes we don't think we can handle. And honestly, in our own strength and all by ourselves, we can't handle a lot of things that come our way. But because God is faithful, he also giveth more grace. And he gives us strength and he gives us help and he gives us power so that we can make it through. Uh, notice notice the, the verses that precede verse 13, starting in verse 9. It says, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall, says that those words were written for our admonition. What was the, what was the problem with the children in the wilderness? Why, why did they continually uh, fail to believe God? Because they did not think he was faithful. We have a God who is faithful. There's nothing that, that he'll allow us to go through that he, that he won't also take us through. When I was, when I was a new Christian, I... Uh, I had a decision that I had to make. Within the first, uh, let's see, what was it? It was, well, it was actually within the first year of my salvation. And I uh, hadn't been saved for very long. And it was a rough decision that I had to make. And uh, after, after looking at scripture and so forth, and, and I was weak. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I wasn't even saved a year yet. And uh, after I made the decision, I started to get a little wobbly. And uh, I, I wanted, I had a desire in my heart to turn that decision back around again and go back the other way. And God stepped in. I mean, you talk about God being faithful. Uh, God stepped in and blocked my efforts so that I couldn't turn back. So I couldn't turn around. Uh, he knew, he he knew that I was nothing but dust. He knew that I was like the grass that withereth. Uh, I, was, I was, and still am, uh, was uh, not very strong in and of myself and didn't even have really a real strong yet belief that God would take care of me. But God did take care of me. And he stepped in there. I, I remember I made a phone call and, and I was trying to go back in the other direction on the, on the decision. 
And, uh, and I knew, I mean, I knew that what I was doing was absolutely wrong. I should not do it. And when, uh, when I was on that phone, God made it so plain to me, he just slammed that door right in my face. I can remember running from the kitchen where the phone was into my bedroom, shutting the door, getting down on my knees and saying, God, thank you for stopping me from doing what I knew was wrong in the first place. You know what that is? That's a faithful God. He takes care of us. He watches over. Now, I'm not suggesting you you do wrong and see if God slams the door in your face. He might not do that for you, but he did that for me. And he knew I was weak in that area, and, uh, and he, he, he took care of me. Uh, go over with, with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 16 down through 19. Verse 16 says, Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come, the judgment must begin in the house of God. And and if it uh, first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not what shall what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in, in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. God will be faithful during suffering. He'll keep you during suffering. We've just got to simply trust him. Uh, We're going to go I've watched over these many years, I've, I've watched folks go through problem after problem after problem. It's been difficult. Uh, some folks have had to suffer greatly. But every time I've seen that, I've also always seen God be faithful on their behalf and God be strong on their behalf and carry them through the situation. Uh, go, go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us. The word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for All men have not faith, but God is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Um, Paul was going through difficulty, and and not only he was, but also the the church at Thessalonica. They were were, uh, suffering some persecution. There were folks that were breathing down their neck. They said, listen, uh, stick with the stuff, but stick with the stuff because you know that you have a God who is faithful. And if, if we'll stay faithful to our faithful God, the Bible says he'll establish you. That means he'll establish you. He'll make you firm and he'll keep you. He'll preserve you through that, that situation. James chapter four, and this is how he does it. James chapter four and verse six says, but he giveth more grace. 
Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. That's why over there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it said, take, take heed, lest, if you think you stand, lest ye fall. What is that? That's somebody that's getting proud. And, and God, God uh, gives grace unto us when we're humble before him, not when we're proud, proud before him. But, but he always has that grace for us. Paul went through the thorn of the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12. And uh, he asked three times for it to be removed, and God said no. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My, my, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And, and what he was promising was that he would give them the strength, and he would give them the resources, and he would give them the power to get through that situation. And he'll do that, and you can trust him to do it, because God is faithful. Then one more thing that we're going to look at where God is faithful. Go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John 1. 1 John chapter 1. Most of you probably know the verse and committed it to memory, whether you've done it on purpose or whether you've just read it so many times that you've, that you've, you've uh, caused yourself to, to memorize it. In, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, says, If we confess our sins. Now, again, this is not talking to lost folks. Do not use this as a soul-winning verse. Uh, it's talking about saved people uh, in order to get back into fellowship with God. Prior to this, two verses before, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. So it's talking to saved people. And he's saying this in verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful when it comes to pardoning us and forgiving us. And, and uh, he is faithful to forgive and he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've always thought this about this verse. It says, if we confess our sins, in other words, you confess what you know. It says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think there's times when we let stuff fall through the cracks. And we, 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 we have forgotten that we failed him here or we turned our back on him there or we didn't trust him in another area. And God says, if we just confess what we know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he does that because he's faithful. There's no sin too big for God. Uh, you know, have, have you ever, have you ever, uh, I hope you've never done this, but have you ever had someone refuse to forgive you when you've asked them to forgive you of something. And years ago, I told you the story before, I went with Pastor Keck and he went and apologized to someone and said, will you forgive me? And I'll never forget her answer. She looked at him and said, absolutely not. Whoa! <laughs> you know, and this gal claimed to be a saved person. Can I tell you something? You never have to worry about that with God. He's never going to look at you when you confess your sin and, and, and you come to him for forgiveness and he'll never Ever, as a Christian, he'll never say, absolutely not. 
Well, I mean, honestly, there have been some sins, and I'm sure this is true of you, there's some sins you've confessed over and over and over and over again. I've, I, I have thought at times that uh, maybe I, I weary God with my confession of the same thing over and over and over again. But I've got a promise. And my promise is he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll never, he'll never refuse you when you come to him and confess your sin to him. Well, those are the areas, four areas where God is faithful. He's faithful in his promises. Man, if you find a promise in the word of God, you can, you can go to the bank on that promise because God is faithful. He's true. He's, he's uh, faithful in preservation. He, he preserves us and he'll take care of us and keep us secure until the day of redemption. And not only does he preserve us, but he's preserved his book. Uh, I'm so thankful that I got a book I can go to and I can trust. And I, I can go to a book that, that is, is exactly what God wants me to have, word for word. I have a word for word Bible because God is faithful. God is faithful in protection. Uh, he'll watch over you. And uh, you may go through something and say, man, this is too much for me. Well, it is probably too much for you, but it's not too much for you and God with his grace and his power behind you. He'll take care of you because he's faithful. And then every time we sin, he's faithful to pardon us. Aren't you glad tonight that you and I serve a faithful God? Now, he's faithful to you. Here's, here's my question for you, and, this is, and then I'm done. Are you faithful to him? You know, he's done all this for us. He's, he's been faithful in promises, in preservation, in protection, in pardon. How have we been faithful to him in return? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful that I serve tonight a faithful God. You have promised never to leave me, never to forsake me. You've not just made that promise to me, you've made that promise to anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, we can, we can put our faith in you because you are faithful to us. You are faithful to your word. You are faithful to your character. You, you've never, ever failed. You've never made a promise that you have not kept. And Lord, sometimes... We don't act like we serve a faithful God. Sometimes we act like we're serving a God that we can't trust. We've gone through this, this COVID. We're still right in the middle of this thing. And I really believe one of the reasons why you're allowing your people to go through this so that we can learn that we have a God who's faithful. And, and sometimes, Lord forgive us, but sometimes we do waver and sometimes we do shake in our faith but help us to be reminded that it's never warranted. And it's never warranted because we serve a faithful God. God, speak to our hearts about our faithfulness tonight to you. Bless this invitation. May you have your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's